she didn't even have like a lie bank. She was like, oh, we're going to live happily ever after, I guess. Maybe that's the truth. Maybe that was her plan. Just kidding. I mean, maybe we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, it's impossible to say now. And Stefan's like, look, I promise we're going to get through this. Elena and Stefan say, I love you. Catherine and Mason say, I love you. And they kiss. A lot of I love you and a lot of empty promises <laughs> in both cases. So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Jeremy knocks on the door and he's there to talk to Damon. And as usual, with every increasing episode, Jeremy gets hotter. Yeah, he's got a nice little zip up polo on this episode that's really working for him. Looking very cute. But Damon is not excited to see Jeremy, so he starts to close the door on him. So Jeremy pretty much word vomits all the knowledge he's learned, which, to be honest, is more than anyone else knows. He says, like, hey, Tyler Lockwood's not a werewolf. He has to kill someone to trigger the curse. So we're safe there. And Damon's like, "Okay, so I don't really care about that and tries to close the door again. And Jeremy's like, but 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 Mason is a werewolf and he's in town looking for a moonstone. You know, Jeremy proves his worth mighty quick. Damon knows that Mason's a werewolf, obviously, but he is intrigued by the moonstone. And Jeremy says, well, I know where it is. And Damon says, like, hey, why are you bringing this to me? And Jeremy says, well, I just want to help. You know, I want to be involved in all this. Damon's like, what's your sister have to say about this? <laughs> and naturally, he didn't tell her because she doesn't want him involved and I can't blame him. Yeah, Jeremy's kind of like, hey, I want to be involved in this. I keep trying to and Elena keeps stopping me because it's quote unquote unsafe. So I figured I'd just come right here, give you some information and you're welcome. And Damon says, you know, you're a Gilbert and you just can't help yourself. Your search for your life's purpose is as obvious as it is tragic. If there's one thing a Gilbert will do, it is get in your business. <laughs> yeah, that is their whole thing. And, you know, I know this is like meant to be a burn, but Jeremy is like, yeah, I am trying to find my life's purpose. That's why I wanted to become a vampire and turn my humanity off because it was getting pressing doing that. Yeah, Jeremy's like, yeah, I am both obvious and tragic. You're not roasting me the way you think you are. He's like, that's kind of my whole thing. Like, none of this dissuades Jeremy. Damon lets him in and basically accepts his help. So then we go check over at the Lockwood house where the charity thing is underway. We're meant to understand that they're like getting things ready for an upcoming masquerade ball. And we find this out because Carol thanks Jenna for wrangling the volunteers. And Jenna says, well, it's for a good cause, which she doesn't say what the cause is right now, but we'll find out what the cause is that this raises money for next episode. TBD. <laughs> and Jenna says she loves a masquerade ball. What if it was a masquerade ball and the cause was like psoriasis or something just like so rude? That would be funny. <laughs> and Carol says Richard also loved the masquerade ball and this was his favorite party of the year. I'm not quite sure what Richard liked about the masquerade ball, except maybe the fact that in a mask, no one knows the mayor is hitting them. <laughs> Tyler's like, that guy just punched me in the face, but I don't know who he was because he had a mask on. But it wasn't my dad. My dad would hit me out in public. Yeah. <laughs> so then Tyler and Matt are carrying a table in. They almost drop it. And Carol's like, hey, that's from the 1800s. So that's just to tell us Tyler and Matt are here, I guess. There's not much going on in that little moment. And that there's an old table. So then Jenna approaches Stefan and she's like, hey, Stefan, you should come to dinner tonight. You know, Rick's going to be there. Like as if Rick is his like BFF and not his history teacher. That's a choice. Weird double date. And Stefan's like, oh, well, actually, you know, me and Elena are kind of taking a pause. And Jenna says, that's not what it sounded like this morning. Of course, someone else can tell. You were at her house all morning. You didn't even have the sense to go to a motel. It honestly would be less suspicious if Elena was at his house, because at least she could be like, oh, I'm here for Caroline. I'm here for Liz. I'm here for Damon. You know, there could be some ambiguity to it. Stefan going to Elena's house. He's not there to hang out with Jenna. Yeah. But then Jenna says, you know what? Actually, I heard nothing and walks away. But she did hear something and she actually told someone about it. But we'll get to that at the end of the yeah. episode. So then Elena runs into Bonnie outside and Bonnie's clearly a little nervous. And Elena's like, I promise you, Caroline's not coming. But that being said, eventually you are going to have to talk to her. And Bonnie says, could you make it a little less obvious you're on her side? I understand Bonnie's point of view, but also what does she expect Elena to do at this point? She is either siding with just Bonnie or she's siding with Stefan Damon and Caroline. Like, I'm also like not being on Caroline's side right now, like could very well end with her either killing a bunch of people or being killed. So it just like makes sense to be looking out for Caroline more than Bonnie. Like Bonnie can take care of herself more. She's not in this huge new time. 
but of course, it still hurts to be Bonnie to think that your friend's not on your side. Yeah. And Elena says there are no sides, which is just simply untrue. And Bonnie says they've barely seen each other since Caroline turned, which they haven't. But, you know, there's the Salvatore of it all. And Bonnie basically feels like she's lost both Caroline and Elena. So Elena's like, OK, let's go somewhere else and talk. We're done volunteering for today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've done more than enough. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Bonnie is in some ways avoiding all of them. But that still is like you want like if you're avoiding one of your best friends, you want them to be like, hey, why are you avoiding me? Yeah. You want them to reach out. I'm trying to see Bonnie's side of it. Yeah. I I mean, I see Bonnie's side of it, but it is like I honestly don't know what you thought was going to happen. Caroline needs her friends. Well, like, and Caroline got turned like you can't do anything about that now. Yeah. Like now it's just about making sure she stays safe and trying to keep her alive. I mean, at, at some point you got to move over to the vampire side because there are just too many vampires. You're going to be by yourself. Yeah. So then we go over to the Salvatore dungeon where Liz is laying down, but she's awake. So Caroline comes in to check on her and notices she like didn't really eat any of her dinner. Caroline's like, well, good news. Dr. Damon says the vervain's almost out of your system. So you should be like freshly compelled and at home tonight. And this whole time, Liz does not even look Caroline in the eye. And so Caroline's like, are you going to just pretend I don't exist? And Liz is like, yep, please leave. And Caroline's like, OK, well, just like before I was a vampire, like. Yeah, Caroline says, like, as usual, you don't care. Just like before I was a vampire. She's like, it's not like I died or anything. And then she starts to leave. And then it dawns on Liz that as a matter of fact, Caroline, in order to transition, did have to die. It's easy to be like, oh, she's a vampire. I just I can't deal with it. But instead to be like, wait, my daughter went through this insanely traumatic moment. And I'm just completely ignoring it. Yeah. So Liz asks if she's really dead. And Caroline's like, well, yes and no. And Liz asks how it's possible. Caroline closes the door and stays to have their conversation. Because as we know, Liz doesn't have like a clear picture of how transitions work. And she doesn't really have a clear picture of what like day to day life is as a vampire. Their understanding is just like vampires go hunt and kill people in the woods at nighttime. Like that is their entire understanding. And the reason I bring up the transitions is because I think that there's a part of her that thinks if Caroline turned, she had a say in it. Like Caroline chose to do this. Yeah, that's a good point. Not that she was like killed. (laughs) I was literally smothered with a pillow right after I had been in the hospital for internal bleeding. Yeah, I had been in a a car accident that your counsel essentially caused. And then I was in the hospital and then, oh, great, my friend's here. Oh, no, not my friend. And she's now murdering me. Yeah. And then I woke up and I had to eat blood. So it's been a rough month. (laughs) Yeah. And so upstairs at the Salvatore house, Rick comes in with one box and he's like, oh, why is Jeremy here? Does Elena know you're here? And Jeremy says, "Mm, not really. Poor Jeremy has to justify his existence here to everyone. Everyone's like, what is Jeremy doing here? And he's like, I'm not a fucking baby. Jeremy wants to be involved so bad. So Alaric says like, oh, this is a box of Isabel's research. It was sent over by Vanessa, who we met episodes ago. So we have a little review of The Curse of the Sun and the Moon because Alaric's telling Jeremy, but it's good for us as the audience to hear about it again. That basically a long time ago, vampires and werewolves used to run free, but then an Aztec shaman placed a curse that werewolves could only turn on the full moon and vampires would be slaves to the sun. But obviously we have daylight rings. And Alaric says, according to legend, the werewolf part of the curse is sealed with the moonstone. Jeremy says, what? What does that mean? Damon's like, oh, it's a witch thing. Basically, whatever seals the curse is the key to unsealing the curse. So most likely Mason Lockwood wants to unseal the curse and believes that the moonstone will do it. I do love that it's just crystals hold everything. They seal and unseal. And, you know, once they reveal that this is what the Moonstone does, supposedly we don't necessarily know for sure all the details. But as of now, we're assuming it's what the Moonstone does. I was like, now, how did I not guess that? Yeah, here's the thing about the Vampire Diaries. (laughs) The explanation is like usually the path of least resistance. It's like, it's a spell. Yeah. Now we have kind of an answer what the Moonstone does. And Damon's like, okay, well, I don't know if we should just like automatically believe a legend that we found in a picture book, but also where is the moonstone? Yeah, it's like, well, we don't know that this is true, but like, let's get that if we can, you know? And Jeremy says, oh, Tyler has the moonstone and I can totally get it from him. 
And Damon says, great. Now your life has purpose. Everyone is winning today. <laughs> and honestly, this probably would have worked had Tyler still had the moonstone. Yeah, it would have been actually easy. And Jeremy says, well, do you believe it? And Damon's like, it's the same book that says a werewolf bite kills a vampire. So it would be stupider to ignore it, which is a pretty good point of view to have. Yeah, whether it's true or not, you can figure that out later. But if someone else has it and it is true, like it's in their best interest to get this moonstone regardless. Gives them the upper hand on Mason at the very least. They don't know he's involved with Catherine yet. So then we go into the woods where Bonnie and Elena have walked. It's the woods beyond the Lockwood property, whatever. And Elena's basically catching Bonnie up on all the antics with Catherine and Stefan and Caroline and everything. And Bonnie's like, it's not the fact that like you and Stefan were fake fighting. It's the fact that I didn't even know you were fighting at all, fake or not. Yeah, she's like, I literally didn't know anything that was going on in your life. Yeah. And Elena's like, look, I don't want to keep things from you, but you've made it clear that you don't want to deal with vampires. And Bonnie feels like the odd man out, which she is. And, you know, Elena should just admit like, yeah, you are the odd man out, but you put yourself there. You put yourself out. Yeah. To be like, you're the odd man out because I know you don't want to talk about vampires. And that's what is the biggest thing in my life right now. And like, and I think Elena could also be like, look, I can reach out more about the small things, but small things like me fighting with Stefan, like that's because of a vampire thing. Like I can't completely disconnect that from our conversations I'm trying to respect what you want. I mean, Elena doesn't really know how to handle this either. The vampire thing is so entrenched in Elena's life right now that she can't separate her life from the vampire thing. And so it's hard for her to talk to Bonnie. Yeah. How is she going to go up to Bonnie and be like, oh, yeah, you see American Idol last night? Uh, This woman who looks just like me is trying to kill everyone I know. I don't care about American Idol. Bonnie is letting it get her a little too hard. She's going to have to get over it. And she put herself in this position. Bonnie has to decide either she's not this girl's friend anymore because she's choosing the vampires or you're taking all of it. If I'm a witch and I don't want to deal with vampires, I'll be like, okay, where's some family outside of Mystic Falls? I need to be around some other witches who are on my side here. So Bonnie's like, look, we both know where we stand on vampires, but I just don't know where we stand with each other. And Elena says, look, you are my best friend. And I'm sorry that all this craziness with Caroline got in the way, but Caroline needs you as a friend too. And Bonnie's not ready yet and starts to head back. The thing is, I get Bonnie's point of view here, but Elena's right. Bonnie needs to be a friend to Caroline and she needs to figure out how she can do that. Or she needs to just move on from this friendship. And like Bonnie can take her time doing that, but you can't be mad then that like no one is talking to you in the meantime. Yeah, you can't expect their lives to be on pause until you make a decision. So then we go back over to the Lockwood house. Mason is carrying a box, being pretty pleased with himself, but that all changes when he sees Stefan. Stefan gives him a nice coy smile and Mason smiles at him. But as soon as he turns away from Stefan, you can see him make a face like, okay, um, this isn't good. His face is like, oh, what the fuck? He's like, God fucking damn it. I knew Liz not answering my phone call was a really bad sign, but I didn't think it was this bad. But Mason throws on a smile and he says, hey, Stefan, I um wasn't expecting you here or anywhere. And Stefan's like, yeah, I bet you weren't, you piece of shit. Yeah, Stefan <laughs> says, oh, yeah, I had a little accident, but I'm good now. And Mason's like, what did you do to Sheriff Forbes? And Stefan's like, oh, she's fine. But now you're going to have to do your own dirty work. Good call out because, yeah, Mason just snitched and sent someone else to do it. Sorry, it might not work if you're not the one doing the dirty work. Mason gives his best attempt to play it cool and he starts to leave. But unfortunately, on his way out, he runs into Bonnie. And when she touches him, you can see that she clocks something about him. And Stefan clocks that she clocked something. Lots of clocking happening. And he says, hey. You made a face. And she says, yeah, when I touched him, I saw something. And Stefan's like, elaborate, please. And she's like, I don't know if I want to tell you this. Yeah, she's like, I saw him with Elena and they were kissing. And Stefan's like, but Elena wouldn't. Oh, yeah, you didn't see Elena. (laughs) That was Catherine. That's interesting to know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He makes the discovery that Mason is involved with Catherine, which helps them out tremendously for most of this episode. Yeah, super handy way to figure that out, to really get it handed to you. I mean, thank God for Bonnie. Meanwhile, Elena is like looking at Stefan from a distance as Damon approaches. And she says, why are you here? And he says, oh, I'm looking for my baby brother. Speaking of, will you tell your baby brother to stop following me? (laughs) Damon's like, look, Jeremy's an eager beaver. And Jeremy comes up and Elena's like, what is Damon making you do? And Jeremy's like, he's not making me do anything. I'm just helping. And Elena's like, nope, you're not going to do that. Damon uses people and they often end up dead. I want you to stay out of it. And Jeremy's like, well, I don't really care what you want because you're the reason I'm in this mess. So you actually don't get to tell me what to do anymore. 
fair enough. Like it's a similar justification to the Bonnie situation. It's like vampires are so a part of your life. How do you expect your brother to like not be included in this in some way? Like I get you want to keep him safe, blah, blah, blah. But like he already dated a vampire. He has the supernatural ring. You aren't keeping him out of it at this point. The thing is, he she wants to be able to tell him everything so she doesn't have to keep anything from him, but she doesn't want to get him involved. It's like, you can't have it both ways, especially if he wants to be involved. And you know what? Damon already killed him once and he's fine. So what can happen? He's clearly wanting to do this. So you're going to have to just let it happen because if you stop telling him stuff, guess what? He's going to find your diary again. Yeah, he knows where you hid it. He's going to know the information regardless. So just like, Include him. Give him easy jobs that are safer jobs. Yeah, talking to Tyler. Perfect job. At least if he's drinking, he's drinking in the house. Yeah, exactly. You can keep an eye on him. Meanwhile, Stefan and Damon catch up. Stefan's like, yeah, so Catherine and Mason are like hooking up. We missed it because he got into town right after she did. And Damon is not taking this news well. He's dumbfounded. (laughs) He says, werewolf thing aside, the guy's a surfer. She has to be using him. And like, Yes, she is using him, but yikes, Damon. <laughs> like, it's okay, Damon. You, She doesn't love you. And I know you're like kind of over it, but clearly it's still there. Let's not pretend that Mason isn't super hot. Yeah. And that's exactly <laughs> what Stefan thinks too. And Stefan's like, what would Catherine be using Mason for? And Damon says, well, Mason is supposedly looking for a moonstone that allegedly can break the werewolf curse. Maybe Catherine wants it too. And Stefan's like, why? And Damon says- I don't know, but Catherine's up to something. This sounds exactly like me and Grace discussing it. I'm like, well, maybe she wants this. And you say, why? And I say, well, I, I don't know. But, but she's <laughs> so up to me something. Damon, same page. Like she's up to something. I could not even hazard a guess at what it is. But at least Damon can't either. So Stefan's like, OK, so how are we going to find this moonstone? And Damon's like, no problem. Jeremy's getting it from Tyler. And Stefan is like, why did you involve Jeremy? And Damon's like, he involved himself. Damon's like, why does anyone think I would be calling this kid in? Who thinks I reached out to Jeremy for this? Come on. Like, are you guys stupid? No, he came up to me and I tried to get him to leave and he didn't. So I might as well take advantage of the extra labor. So then we check in with Matt and Tyler. And Matt is talking about how one minute Caroline's amazing and one minute she's a jealous freak. She's not even your fucking girlfriend anymore. Yeah. It's not your fucking business. Matt, you fucking dumped her. Keep her name out of your mouth. And then Tyler says, hey, listen, you know what I think of Caroline Forbes? She's an insecure, neurotic, bitchy twit. And I said, A2, Tyler. And I said, Tyler, don't you fucking dare. But then Tyler says, but she's got hurt. She means well. You have to take the good with the bad. So back on team Tyler. Tyler's got points. He's like, yeah, she's a little crazy, but she's like a very good person. Like, But she likes you. What is the fucking problem? Yeah, Matt, you don't really have your door being beat down by anyone except Amy Bradley. So if you want to date Amy Bradley, great, that works for you. But otherwise, you should be so happy that Caroline likes you at all. So Matt is like, okay, well, I'm going to go get an extension cord. Which is really just to get him out of the scene so we can get Jeremy to approach Tyler and talk because to him. Because Jeremy's like over by the side. He's like, you know, waiting for a moment. He's like pretending to do something. Yeah, he's like moving plastic forks around or something. And then he hears Matt go and he's like, okay, showtime, babe. So Jeremy comes in and he says, hey, so I did that research on that stone you told me about. And Tyler's like, why? But luckily, Jeremy has a reputation for being kind of a nerdy loser. So Jeremy's excuse, which is curiosity and boredom, suffices. Tyler's kind of like, why would you care about this? But Jeremy's like, because it's interesting. And Tyler's like, okay, fair And enough. Tyler's curious enough about it to hear him out. Yeah, so this is a relatively sly attempt at getting this moonstone. And so Jeremy says, well, as it turns out, uh, it's part of an Aztec legend, but I want to make sure it's the same kind of stone. Can I check it out again? And Tyler says, oh, nope, I can't. I gave it to my uncle. And Jeremy's like, why would you do that? Jeremy's like, well, why would you do that? What? What? And, and Tyler like, doesn't clock how weird it is that Jeremy asked that. And Jeremy seems very concerned about that. Yeah, Tyler's basically like, because I'm done with legends and curses. I really just don't want to be involved. And Jeremy's like, yeah, folklore's stupid. As they're saying this, Stefan and Damon are up on the balcony just listening. And they're like, God damn it. And they're like, okay, so that didn't work. So meanwhile, Elena texts Stefan. She's like, hey, is everything okay? And he's like, oh, I'm with Damon and Bonnie. I'll fill you in later. And she's like, what the fuck? And she texts him. She says, no, Damon and Bonnie, question mark, fill me in now. Yeah, literally. Um, What do you mean later? Fucking keep typing, Because she just had a conversation with Bonnie where Bonnie's like, I'm not ready to get involved with vampires yet. And all of a sudden, Bonnie's working with Stefan and Damon. 
this is the beginning of it, but it keeps going through the next like bit of the episode where Elena's like, what's going on? And no one is telling her. And Elena's like, I'm the fucking main character. Why am I not included in any of these plots that I can see happening? Yeah, Elena is having main character syndrome and she is the main character. So she's like, I'm sorry, am I on glue? Why is no one involving me? Yeah, she's never had to deal with the downsides of having main character syndrome because she is the main character. So Stefan says to Bonnie, he's like, look, since you were able to link Mason to Catherine, we finally have an opportunity to get the upper hand. So can you like hear us out, maybe help us? But then Elena calls Stefan. She's like, why is this bitch texting me back? Yeah, she's like, you're not going to text me. You're getting a phone call. And so Stefan's like, "Okay, I guess I'll take this call. Damon, can you play nice? And Damon's like, no. Anyway. And so Stefan's like, hey, Elena, you really shouldn't be calling me right now. And she says, yeah, but I'm freaked out. Damon roped Jeremy in. You roped Bonnie in. And I'm here sorting masquerade masks. She's like, and I'm here doing the volunteer work that I signed up to do. I never do that. What is happening? Stefan walks away to take the rest of the call. And Damon's like, hey, can you touch Mason again and see if he gave Catherine the moonstone? Bonnie's like, I can't really ask questions. And he says, well, what about the thing you do with the heads? (laughs) She says, oh, that's an aneurysm. And he's like, what? She's like, yeah, I just give you a bunch of little aneurysms. But because you keep healing, it keeps hurting, which cool move. It's fun that they actually had an explanation for that. I was happy to think it was just like hurting his head somehow. I loved this little explanation of it. It's a cool explanation. And he says, oh, is that vampire specific? And she says, it'll work on anyone who could heal supernaturally. And we kind of have the understanding that werewolves heal because Mason healed from that stab with the silver pretty fast. But Bonnie says she will not help them hurt Mason. And Damon's like, look, Mason's a werewolf and Catherine is evil. So they are the bad guys. They are a threat to Elena. Get over yourself and help us. Yeah, he figures out real quick that the only way to convince her is to be like, well, they're threatening Elena. So do you want Elena to die? He basically is like, so you're going to help us. And Stefan comes back off the phone. He said, oh, yeah, he meant that as a question with a please on the end. So then we go out front. Mason is asking a guy to move his van, whatever. And Bonnie's moving a table by herself. And Mason notices. He's like, hey, why are you doing that by yourself, little lady? And she's like, all the guys bailed on me. He, 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 he. She's like, they said something about the draft. I don't speak that language. Ha ha. So Mason offers to help and she like turns on the charm. And then when he gets close enough, she gives him a bunch of little aneurysms. And she's like, I'm sorry. (laughs) She's like, I feel bad about that. She's like, I'm really sorry. So then Damon knocks him out. Damon and Stefan put him in his car and they drive him off in his big ass car. It worked pretty well. Thanks, Bonnie. So then we go back to the Salvatore dungeon to check in on Liz and Caroline. Caroline explains to her mom. She's like, look, I mostly drink from blood bags. It's not as good as the fresh stuff, but it's better than fucking rabbit blood. She's like, which Stefan is trying to shove down my throat. (laughs) Yeah. And her mom's like, so you steal blood from the hospital? And she's like, no, Damon does. I've been using his supply. (laughs) And so Liz is basically like, so you don't have to kill if you have blood? And she's like. Yeah, I mean, I want to. It's totally my basic nature. I would love to kill people, but I can control it. And I'm actually getting pretty good at it. I'm already better than Stefan. Which is so funny because she's like, yeah, I'm so much better at drinking human blood than Stefan is. He's a bloodaholic. Can you believe that? And Liz is like, I don't want this for for you. And Caroline's like, yeah, no, I'm not really jazzed about it either, lady. But when life gives you lemons. Caroline's like, I didn't pick this, but hey, it's. This is where we are. And so then Caroline's like, oh, Damon's home. And Liz is like, how the fuck do you hear that? So then we go check in upstairs where Damon is home. He's setting up Mason in a chair. Bonnie has brought Mason's bag in. They put a tarp or a sheet under the chair so Damon doesn't stain the carpet. And Bonnie does not care for that comment. As soon as they put the tarp down, Mason must have known that this was not going to end well. If I'm at someone's house and there's a tarp on the ground, I'm not leaving that house alive. So Bonnie's like, hey, he's going to be up soon. And Damon's like, awesome. So they find a bunch of chains and restraints in Mason's bag from chaining himself up on the full moon. Yeah, handy that he already had them. (laughs) So Bonnie decides to help them find the moonstone. So she touches Mason's head to try to get anything. And Damon's like, oh, can you see if Catherine has it, where she is, what their plan is for the moonstone? And Bonnie's like, it is somewhere small and dark with water. Damon's first guess is sewer, but eventually Bonnie's like, yep, it's in a well. Damon says, now, why would it be in a well? And Bonnie said, that's all I got, buddy. Bonnie's like, hey, I get what I get from the brain thing. Like, I I can't get all the way in there. 
And then Mason starts to stir and he grabs Bonnie's wrist for a second. She pulls away. She said, okay, I'm out. She says, uh, no, I'm done with this. That's the end of my job here. Yeah. And Damon says, thank you before she leaves, which is nice of him. And then he slaps Mason awake. So we're on, we're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> and as Bonnie is leaving, Caroline intercepts her. And it's a little awkward. Yeah. Bonnie clearly wanted to avoid her. And Caroline clearly didn't want Bonnie to be able to avoid her. So Caroline won this round. Bonnie asks about Caroline's mom, says Elena filled her in. And Caroline's like, oh, yeah, I'm probably going to take her home tonight. Bonnie starts to say something. And then she says, actually, never mind. I got to go. And Caroline asks if she found the moonstone. She says, not yet. And Bonnie says, do you remember that old well we used to play with when we were younger? And Caroline says, yeah, it's in the woods on the edge of the old Lockwood property. So we know that's the well we're talking about. She says, why? And Bonnie's like, I think the moonstone is there. And she starts to leave and Caroline offers to come with her. Bonnie declines at first, but then she says, sure. And they head out. She's softening at least. Yeah, clearly she heard what Elena was saying. And leave it to Mason. He will leave anything at that old Lockwood property. I mean, he knows it. He knows the area. I, I mean, it's a good hiding spot, but it's just funny that that's where he puts everything, including his wolf self. It's free. Yeah. Not a safe deposit box. That costs money. And easier to track. Miss Catherine can compel her way in there. So then we go over to the Lockwoods where Matt and Elena are working together. And Elena is just fuming that she is left with Matt, who is the one who knows the least about anything. She's like, are you kidding me? What is this? My fucking sophomore year? Why am I here talking to Matt and volunteering? So Matt says, hey, do you know where Caroline is? This is kind of her thing. And Elena's like, she had something else to do. Matt asks if Caroline is seeing someone and Elena says, no, of course not. Yeah, it's like, and even if she were, uh, not your business. And Stefan's kind of lurking in the background of this. And then Tyler comes in and he's like, hey, has anyone seen Mason? And Stefan says, oh, he took off. And Tyler's like, that's weird, but he accepts it. And then Stefan gets a text from Bonnie that says like, oh, well, at the old Lockwood property. That's where we're looking for the Moonstone. And Elena sees him get a text and read it. So she tries to go up to him and he like shakes his head and walks away. Yeah, he's like, no, we're not supposed to hang out with each other. And she is like outwardly annoyed by it. Matt obviously clocks it because how could he not? Even a dumbass like Matt. <laughs> and he says, I won't even ask. And Elena's like, I got to go. And she chases after Stefan. Yeah, Elena's like, I'm literally, I can't even talk to you anymore. Like, this is too much. This is so boring. Yeah. <laughs> And then we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon is building a fire and he has a little metal stick in the fire as Mason wakes up. He coughs and Mason is struggling in the chains, but can't get free. They're his own chains he brought. So that makes sense. Mason knows the quality of them. Yeah. If they work on his wolf form, they're going to work on his human form. <laughs> yeah. And Mason kind of knocks his chair over to the ground and you can see him pretty quickly realizing that he's fucked. Yeah, he's he's on that chair. I mean, he's not getting off. Of yeah, chair. you can see him realize that this is not going to go well. And if things weren't bad enough, then Damon stabs him with a hot poker. And he's like, oh, my God, what is happening? And today? Damon's like, oh, good to know that you feel pain. I was worried you uh, wouldn't. But I do see that you heal quickly. So I'm going to have to keep the pain coming. And Mason's like, oh, and so Damon starts with like, so Catherine, how do you know her? What's she up to? Mason doesn't answer. And Damon says, hey. I've got all day, buddy. And then he stabs him with the hot poker again. So we see where this is going downhill fast. And just squishing the poker all the way in. The, the heat of that poker is touching orchids. Owie. Ow. <laughs> I, I would spill the beans so fast. He could have poked me once. It didn't. It wouldn't have had to pierce skin. I would have given him all the information. Honestly, if I was chained to the chair I would have, and saw him holding the poker in the fire, I'd be like, hey, let's all be cool here. Yeah, I'm I'm John Gilbert energy. I will snitch on anyone and everyone to save my own ass. Which is why vampires don't trust me. So then we go into the woods where Stefan is walking through with a big flashlight and he finds the well pretty easily because he had enough clues to get him there. It doesn't matter. And Elena is like right behind him and he's like, oh my God, you really shouldn't be here. And she's like, yeah, well, I am. So, and he lets her stay because he's kind of like, well, whatever. Well, what's he going to do at this point? So Stefan tells her, Bonnie thinks the moonstone is in this well. He shines the flashlight in. He looks, but he can't see anything. So he just jumps right in, which would have been a great choice had the water not been filled with a bunch of vervain. Yeah. So good thing Elena's there at the end of the day. You know, he's in there. Things start burning. Yeah, he's smoking. And then he does the trademark. Vervain! And Elena tries to lift the entire chain at once. She can't do it. Yeah, like as a pile. What the fuck are you doing, sweetie? 
Adrenaline is not her friend. Luckily, Caroline was close enough to hear her. So Caroline does her fast little run up. And Elena kind of fills her in like, oh, Stefan's in that well. And Caroline almost jumps in and she's like, no, no, you can't jump in because it's full of ravine. So Caroline starts lifting the chain and they get to work. While they're getting everything set up over there, we go back over to the Salvatore house. Damon says to Mason, like, hey, when did you meet Catherine? Did she seduce you? Did she tell you that she loved you? I mean, she couldn't compel you since you're supernatural, but she's got other charms. Yeah, Catherine is able to charm anyone. She doesn't need the compulsion. It's helpful when she can use it, but she doesn't need it all the time. And Jeremy is just like hanging out with Rick's box. And Damon's like, didn't I tell you to leave? And he's like, yeah, but I'm here. I found something in Rick's box, by the way. It's a plant called Aconitum vulparia. And you can see immediately Mason is upset to hear that name. Mason so quickly is like, oh, no. And it's like, Mason, you got a poker face it. Yeah. You cannot show them how little you want them to know about this plant. And Jeremy says it's commonly known as, and he throws a few names around, but the name we're going to hear it referred to, and the name we already know is Wolfsbane. Hey, oh, we had to know Wolfsbane would be making an appearance. Yeah, because Wolfsbane, uh, Teen Wolf fans will recognize also from Teen Wolf. I thought it was a made up plant because it had wolf in the name. Turns out it's a real plant. To be fair, Wolfsbane sounds like a fake plant name. Yeah. More so than Vervain, because you yeah. also thought Vervain was fake. Yeah. But Wolfsbane sounds like it's made up. So that's not a crazy thought. So Jeremy checks uh, the Wikipedia for Wolfsbane on his Samsung AT&T phone. They make sure to show us both those logos, but it's pretty <laughs> subtle. And Jeremy found all kinds of stuff. You know, some are, sound more true than others. He said one says it causes lycanthropy, which is bogus. One says it protects people and one says it's toxic. And when he says toxic, Mason basically goes, oh, Mason goes, oh, man, like almost that. Like he grunts. And Damon's like, so I'm guessing it's toxic. (laughs) Mason, just be like, okay, like it's Wolfsbane. Who cares? Mason said, really? Did you just pick that up because it has has wolf in the name? Wolfsbane? Teen Wolf fan? Like hide it. Suck it up. I mean, he knows where this day is going. He's reckoning with his mortality. Damon picks up some Wolfsbane and he goes over to Mason and he says, hey, why is Catherine in Mystic Falls? And when Mason doesn't answer, Damon touches the Wolfsbane to his face and it's the same reaction that Vervain has to vampires. We're familiar. It must be kind of nice for Damon to get to do this instead of having it done to him. And Mason says, Catherine is here with me. Jealous. (laughs) It's like, oh, Mason. And Damon says, oh, my God, I totally forgot. I am being so rude. I didn't offer you anything to eat. And then he stuffs the entire wolfbane in his mouth. And Mason is like spitting up blood. And Jeremy looks completely grossed out, as do I. Insane move to be to just like I thought he was I don't know what I thought he was going to do. But he just shoves this dry plant in his mouth. Craziness. So then we go back to the well in the woods. They have the chain set up. They made a little seat for Elena to go down on because she can actually go in the water. And as they get ready to lower Elena in, Bonnie comes up because Bonnie was walking with Caroline. So Bonnie makes a comment like, hey, you took off in a flash. And Caroline's like, oh, I heard Elena scream. I ran ahead. You got here, whatever. At this point, I'm like, I was like, oh, good. Bonnie's here. She can do some spell to just lift Stefan out. Evidently, she doesn't have that spell. So they start to lower Elena into the well and she gets down there and Stefan is passed the fuck out and burnt the fuck up. He looks like uh, Jay Gatsby at the end of the book, just floating in the pool. He looks very worse for wear. She's kind of freaked out by that look, but she pulls it together. She hooks him to the chain and she's like, okay, pull him up. And they pull him up. Um, They take him out of the well. They get him on the ground next to it. And he's like passed out, but we know he's going to heal and wake up. So whatever, he's the vampire. And so they're like, okay, Elena, we're like going to come get you now. And Elena's like, no, like while I'm down here, I'm going to find the moonstone first. Which is good. She's being useful. My one criticism of her move here is she should have hooked herself in and then started looking for the moonstone. So the second she found it, she could get pulled up. But hindsight's twenty twenty. Exactly. And we see in the background, there's a bunch of snakes slithering around. Elena doesn't see them right away. She finds the moonstone and she gets ready to go up. And then she sees a snake on her arm. And that's very scary for her. Luckily, the snakes aren't in a biting mood. Well, you know, not to be too much of a snake bitch, but very few water snakes are poisonous is my understanding. Oh, I I mean, they look like they're probably water snakes. I'm sure snakes, snakes are still scary to a lot of people. And there were like 10 down there. 
So I get being scared regardless. And especially like, I don't know if they were poisonous or not, but I feel like I'd be like, okay, well, hopefully these are just water snakes and they won't bite me. I know they ended up being kind of a non-issue. But it didn't mess with her a little bit. Yeah, I'd be scared. I would be stressed too. Yeah. I'm saying this as someone who isn't sitting in a well surrounded by snakes. Yeah, it's easy to be like, I think I would be okay. (laughs) Like, no, I would not be okay. Yeah. (laughs) Luckily, even with the fear, she's able to get on the chain, get the moonstone and tell them to pull her up. They pull her out. And once she's out, she goes to check on Stefan, who's still pretty burnt up. So she cuts her hand and feeds him some blood. And she's like, look, I got the stone. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Things are looking up at the well. His eyes are at least looking up. But I mean, he is definitely burnt head to toe. Well, yeah, you have to think about he was just in there for a long time before they got down there. So he was just burning until he passed out. Minimum five minutes. He was just burning in water. I mean, that can't be fun. I mean, owie. How lucky that it doesn't burn your hair off. That would have been bad. Imagine if he had come out bald head, no eyebrows, all that. I'd be like, ooh. Like, ooh, this is my boyfriend? Catherine can have you. <laughs> so then we go back over to the Salvatore house. Mason is still coughing up blood. And Damon says, okay, why do you want the moonstone? Mason says, screw you. And at this point, Jeremy's ready to intervene. He says, hey, if he was going to say anything, he would have already. That's not how torture works, Jeremy. You torture them until they say something. Yeah. So then Damon takes the wolf's bane and he's like, okay, I'm going for your eyes next. And then Mason's like, okay, it's in the well. And Damon says, I know where it is. I want to know what it does and why you want it. Yeah. It's like, Mason, no, the time has passed for you to give us that easy info. So Mason says, I'm getting it for Catherine. She's going to use it to lift the curse. And Damon says, why would a vampire want to help a werewolf break a curse that keeps them from turning whenever they want? And Mason says, so that I never have to turn anymore because she loves me. And this is just, I mean, you don't have to be a genius to know this is not why Catherine wants the moonstone. Damon basically laughs in his face, which is a little rude, but also warranted. Damon's like, oh, I get it. You're stupid. (laughs) It's just so sad. It's like, Mason, no. He says, Catherine (laughs) doesn't love you. She's using you. I think I know the answer to this. Do you think Catherine really loves Mason? No. I mean, I think she likes him fine, but I don't think him dying is going to be any huge sadness. I will throw out. So now, like, we do know the, the Moonstone. This is essentially confirmation that it breaks the curse on werewolves. We've only heard it talked about in relation to breaking the moon curse. What about the sun curse? You think it also breaks the sun curse? I think there's potential for it, at least. Do you think Catherine wants the sun curse broken? I guess she doesn't really need it broken. She has daylight rings. So like, what's the point? I mean, it could maybe bring some more vampires out and about, but like, why do you really need that? Yeah, we can agree that we probably think she is using Mason. Yeah. So what do you think she's using him for? So I think first and foremost, to get the Moonstone back, that was a major key. But obviously she still needs a werewolf even with the Moonstone. And we'll get to that at the end of the episode. So there must be some like, you must need a werewolf to unseal the curse somehow. Because I guess maybe she still needs a werewolf because she still needs the moonstone. But like, it's not like Tyler is any more likely to get the moonstone from the Salvatores than she is. <laughs> do you think maybe it matters if the werewolf she gets is a Lockwood? Or do you think she's just, she knows Tyler is her next best option? I think she just knows Tyler's her next best option. She's already there. But I do think, you know, she did give the moonstone to a Lockwood. So that might have something to do with it. I mean, I think she found Mason because he was a Lockwood. So it stands to reason that she would want a Lockwood. But it's just convenient that Tyler's there. Okay. So Mason's like, okay, well, I'm done talking. And Damon's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you are. And Damon turns to Jeremy and he says, why don't you go take a walk? And Jeremy says, no, I want to stay. And Damon's like, "Mm, you shouldn't. And Damon's like, I don't think you want to. Like, if it wasn't clear what's about to happen. Yeah. And Jeremy says, like, hey, Mason has had enough. And Mason turns to Jeremy and he said, can you just help Tyler? Like, don't let this happen to him. Mason sees where this is going. Yeah. Mason is like, okay, it's someone who can I tell to take care of Tyler? I guess this fucking kid. Yeah. And Damon grabs Jeremy's throat and is like, you want to be a part of this? Here it is. Kill or be killed. He's a werewolf. He would kill me the first chance he got. So you have to suck it up or you have to leave. And that is tea. I mean, the whole thing of this is people are dying left and right. Yeah. If Jeremy wants to be involved, which he does, this is part of it. And so Damon says, besides, he wants me to kill him anyway. 
And then he says, don't you, Mason? And Mason, you can see, is like, yeah, kind of. (laughs) Mason is like, yeah, I'm really not feeling great. So, you know. And Damon says, it really is a curse, isn't it? And you can see Mason be like, just kill me. So Jeremy leaves and Damon says, you know, I see myself in you, Mason. Sure, you're less dashing and less intelligent. Okay, calm down. Less intelligent for sure, but pretty dashing. Let's give him credit where credit's due. Two different types of hot, but they're both hot. Yeah. And he says, look, I've been where you are. And Catherine is only going to rip your heart out. So let me do it for her. And he pulls out Mason's heart and he dies. He loves a cute little like one liner before he kills someone. And I think it's very fun. This is also a a big death because this is only the second time we've seen a heart ripped out. And it's powerful. The rip heart out is going to be another popular kill we see quite often in addition to the snap neck. Yeah, the snap neck is popular because it's quick and easy. The rip hurt seems to be popular to just like really truly kill someone who can heal because it's like, how are you going to heal without hurt? And, you know, Mason is just another in the long line of the curse of Stephanie's crushes. If I have a crush on a character, he will be dead in six episodes max. It does not go well for anyone who is cursed by my love for them. Do you think we're going to see Mason again or do you think he's dead for good? I think he's dead for good. I don't know how he would come back from that. Yeah, from your heart getting ripped out. It's pretty. Yeah, that seems pretty solid. So then we go over to the Gilbert house. Alaric and Jenna are cooking dinner. They're drinking wine. They're feeding each other. They're kissing. It's really cute. And then Elena comes home and Alaric like mouths over to her like, hey, are you okay?" She nods. She shushes him and she heads upstairs. And then we go over to the Salvatore dungeon where we have a very, very sad scene. Caroline is basically catching Liz up on the events of the day. She said, so I pull Stefan out of the well. He's all rotted. And like, but Bonnie wasn't mean to me once. And I just really think that's progress. And Liz is like looking at her and Caroline's like, oh, am I freaking you out? And Liz is like, no, it's just that you've become this person. And Caroline's like, okay, whatever. She senses a mean comment coming on right as they were starting to get along. And Liz says, no, you're like strong and confident. And it's a really tender moment. And Liz says, you don't have to take my memories away. I'll keep the secret. Just tell the Salvatores you compelled me. I will never do anything to hurt you. And before we get to the heart of this scene, let me ask you, do you think had Caroline not compelled Liz that Liz would have kept her promise and kept the secret? I think she would have kept Caroline's secret. I think the Salvatore secret was on a lot shakier ground because she's still mad that Damon betrayed her. And I think even if she didn't snitch on the Salvatores right away, it would always be in the back of her mind. And if anything even started to remotely go wrong with like Caroline or anyone, like I think she wouldn't hesitate to find a way to kill them. And I think that's at the heart of why Caroline does what she does. Yeah. And so Caroline says, we never talk like this. And today meant so much to me. And Liz says, me too. And Caroline says, look, I know that I can trust you but you're never going to trust them. So really without any warning to Liz, Caroline starts compelling her. Well, Caroline needs to do this too, because if the Salvatores were gone, then Caroline's kind of by herself figuring a lot of this out. It's nice to have a little coven, for lack of a better word. The Salvatores are quickly becoming family to her because they're already kind of like family to Elena. And so Caroline says, I'm going to take you home and you're going to forget I'm a vampire. You'll remember you got sick with the flu. You had a fever. You had chills. I made you soup. It was really salty. We bickered. You got better. And then your selfish daughter went right back to ignoring you. And all is right in the world. And the way we were crying during this scene. I'm crying again now, just having to hear that again. The parts that really break my heart is her giving the little details. Like I made you soup. It was too salty. In a way to protect her mother and to protect the Salvatores, she's willing to keep a bad relationship with her mom and take away her mom finally seeing her as this strong, confident person. It just breaks my heart. So I want to ask, when do you think Liz will learn they're all vampires again? I don't think it's a spoiler to say people are going to find out about Yeah, I mean, I think Liz is going to know eventually. You can only keep that secret from your mom for so long. How long do you give Liz to figure this out again? I think it's going to be a while because she kind of lucked into it the first time. And they're going to be more careful around her now because of that. But I also think there's a good chance that this Catherine shit is going to blow a little crazy. With Catherine just messing with everyone in town, it might honestly be smarter to 
you know, have more that people know about vampires. So then we go upstairs at the Salvatore house. Stefan arrives home with the Moonstone as Damon is taking care of Mason's body. Stefan says, I see you've exercised your usual restraint. Hey, at least he put a tarp down. (laughs) And Damon says, well, it had to be done. So Damon grabs Mason's phone and texts Carol. He's like, hey, big opportunity in Florida. I'll be gone a long time. I'll send for my things once I get settled. Much love, Mason. It's all you really need. I mean, that's the plus side of him being like a guy who's just into fighting the per- the perfect wave. Because then it's like, okay, well, he left. Had to find another wave. Yeah, business. exactly. And so Stefan starts to clean everything up and Damon's like, ooh, last number dialed. I wonder who that was. And obviously it's Catherine for the plot of the show, but wouldn't it be funny if it was like Allstate? <laughs> like a Domino's. <laughs> like Mystic Grill Pickup, how can I help you? And he's like, oh, my God. He's like, oh, sorry. Uh, wrong number. <laughs> but Stefan says, oh, no, please don't provoke her. OK. Stefan's like, you already killed her boyfriend. Please don't rub it in her face. That's not going to go well. And Damon starts calling. And Stefan is like, like swatting at him, trying to get him to stop. And- One thing about Damon is he will fly off the handle. And Catherine picks up and she says, Mason, you should have been here an hour ago. And Damon says, wrong boy toy. And Stefan stops swatting at him because the damage is done. And Catherine says, Damon, for once you've surprised me. Yeah, because Catherine was like, how the fuck did you know we were together? Yeah. So she's like, I assume Mason is with you. And he says, yeah, he's right beside me, but his heart's across the room. And she's like, oh, okay, well. Yeah, she says, you really shouldn't have. She does look sad for a moment, but she's like, okay, well. Do you think she's sad that Mason's dead? Or do you think she's sad that she has to find a new werewolf? Yeah, I think she's sad that her werewolf is dead. Yeah. She's more just like annoyed. She's like, I knew when he fucking snitched to the sheriff this was going to go bad. This fucking idiot. It's the problem with working with other people. You can't control them. Yeah. And you can see Stefan in the background really not happy about this phone call going down. But at this point, it's done. And so Damon says, you know, I had a busy day. I killed a werewolf. I found a moonstone. Hey, did you know that moonstone was hidden in a well full of vervain? Guess he didn't really trust you. And that's why Mason gave up that well location so easily to Damon, too, because he was like, go ahead, go jump in the vervain, bitch. Yeah, great move by Mason. Not stupid all the time. <laughs> yeah. So Damon says, he did love you. And Catherine's like, well, that's not really a win. Everybody loves me. Yeah, Catherine's like, of course he loved me. That was his mistake. That's why he got involved. He says, by the way, where are you? I'd love to bring Mason's body to you for your last goodbyes. And she says, you know what? You have no fucking idea what you just did. And he's like, oh, did I ruin your master plan? I'm so sorry. And she's like, do you think I'm stupid? She says, do you honestly believe I don't have a plan B? And if that fails, plan C and D. And you know how the alphabet works. And I don't doubt that she has like 26 backup plans. And you can see that realization dawn on Damon's face. Like, yeah, of course she has a backup plan. Yeah, he's like, why did I not think of that? I was really being driven by emotion there, wasn't I? Yeah. And then she says, send my love to Stefan and hangs up. So then we go over to the Gilbert house. Elena is coming downstairs for Jenna and Alaric's dinner. And she's like, hey, where's Jeremy? And Alaric's like, oh, he went straight up to his room. He wasn't hungry. And in the background, Jenna's on the phone. And it's kind of an afterthought, but obviously something's happening over there. And Alaric (laughs) says, hey, how'd everything go today? And she said, you know, there were some hiccups, but it was fine. And Jenna comes up on the phone. She's like, oh, I understand. Elena, it's for you. And Elena's like, who is it? And Jenna doesn't answer that question. So Elena's like, oh, hi. And it's Catherine. Yeah. And she's like, hi, Elena. (laughs) And Alaric like watches the phone call and Elena like makes a face. Alaric is like, who's that? What's happening? Mouth Catherine to him. But she walks away a little bit to get some space. And she says, hi, Catherine. And Catherine says, did you enjoy your little rendezvous with Stefan this morning? And Elena is like shook by this. And Catherine's like, listen, I'm always going to know. I'm always going to be one step ahead of you. And again, why did Elena not think that was the case? Especially when you're meeting up at your house. And then Catherine lays out for Elena just exactly how she did figure it out. She says, you know how easy it was for me to get inside your house to replace Aunt Jenna's Vervain perfume, to convince her to stop drinking her special tea? And Catherine says, Jenna's been my little spy for days now. But unlike you, Jenna actually listens to me. So when I suggested the world would be a better place, Elena is following the train of thought. She looks to Jenna just as Jenna raises a knife and stabs herself in the stomach. So she has been compelling Jenna for quite some time. Yeah. And Catherine says, you get the idea and hangs up while Elena calls 911 or whatever. So this is the question that I didn't think about until you started talking about this. 
Can you compel someone over the phone? No, but what most likely happened logistically is that at some point in person, Catherine compelled Jenna and was like, hey, when I tell you this, wait like a minute and a half and then stab yourself. So you have to think logistically, Catherine had to plan the phone call and then plan her little speech so that it was long enough that it would come right at the right time. You got to love the commitment to drama that Catherine brings. That's what I originally thought. But then I was like, oh, yeah, Jenna was on the phone with her for a while. Like, I wonder if she said something, but she must have just been like, oh, it's time now. It's the same as when that one guy who Isabel compelled walked in front of the car. It was like, when you say this, then go. You can tell someone like, when this happens, you do this. Okay. Pretty cool of Catherine. I mean, it's a fun move. It's a good way to show like, not only like I can make people do things, but like also you giving people the vein doesn't fully protect them. I can sneak in and do this in a matter of days. You are not safe for me at any point. This message was successfully received. Luckily, it's not a cliffhanger. We get to go straight to the hospital and we learn that the doctor said she got lucky and that Jenna's okay. That's the good thing about stabbing yourself in the stomach. You can miss. Yeah, there's a lot of room for error in the stomach. And Elena basically says Jenna doesn't remember anything. It's all part of the compulsion. And Jeremy's like, why would Catherine hurt Jenna? And Elena says she's trying to send a message that she could get to anybody. And they hug. And Jeremy says it's going to be okay. And Elena's like, no, it's not. Jeremy says Catherine's going to pay somehow. Obviously, he doesn't have that plan yet. We'll see if Catherine does pay. He seems to be trying to formulate a plan, which Jeremy, I'm going to stop you right there she's going to be able to beat you. I would not risk that if I were you leave that to the Salvatores. That's not a job for you, King. So then we get over to the Lockwood house where Tyler is getting home from a long day. He finally sees the end of all the volunteer decorations. And Tyler's like, oh, it looks really good. And Carol's like, oh, it was nice to see Matt. I haven't seen him in a while. Okay, was it nice to see Matt? Tyler's like, you don't have to lie. And Tyler says, hey, have you seen Mason? He's been AWOL all day. And Carol's like, I know this is going to upset you, but he headed back to Florida. I'm sorry. I know you hit it off. I know you were hoping he'd stick around. I was hoping he'd stick around too, but now it's just you and me. Tyler sat on the level that A, Mason, who's friends with, is gone, but B, to Tyler's knowledge, Mason left as soon as he got the Moonstone. So now Tyler's like, oh, our closeness was actually fake. And to also like have all this werewolf information dropped on you and then he just like leaves, like, well, what if something happens? Who's going to walk me through this? Tyler's upset he's gone and that he didn't say goodbye to him because Damon wasn't going to text Tyler. He's like, I have to send one text. I'm not worried about Tyler. It'll be hard if Tyler ever turns into a werewolf, but he might not. So it might be a non-issue. Yeah, we'll see. So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Elena comes in to talk to Stefan and he's really sorry. Elena's like, no, we were being stupid. Like, did we really think we weren't going to get caught? I could have told you that. And Elena's like, it's our fault Jenna's in the hospital and Jeremy could be next. All because we didn't listen to Catherine. All because we are together. Elena says, Stefan. And Stefan's like, I know what you're going to say. And Elena's like, okay, so let me say it. I've been really selfish because I really love you. And I know you love me, but we really, really need to break up. Which is correct at this current moment. They're not happy, but it is true that it is at this point, selfish to be together. They kiss, they cry. She starts to leave, but she runs into Damon on the way out. And Damon's like, listen, I riled Catherine up. I wasn't thinking, I'm so sorry. He's like, this is totally my fault. I feel horrible. She doesn't blame Damon for this. Obviously she can't, she really blames herself. She's like, look, it doesn't matter. Catherine won. And frankly, Catherine was going to do this at any time. This just happened to be a very good time to do it. Damon riled her up and she was like, okay, well, I guess now I'll expose the fake fighting too, like, because you're all pissing me off. Well, yeah, I mean, Catherine was working to get Jenna off Bervain for the past few days. This wasn't just caused by the fact that Damon killed Mason. It's been being set up. This was one of Catherine's backup plans, one of her options. So this round, yeah, Catherine did win. So then we go over to the bed and breakfast where Catherine is staying. She's talking to someone who we don't see right away. And she's like, you know, I'm sorry if I seem rattled. My circumstances have suddenly changed and I have to adjust. Mind control is a necessary evil. She's like, so listen, I need a werewolf and I lost the one I had. So you need to tell me what it is you're going to do to get me a new one. We turn around. It's Matt. She's talking to Matt's obviously being compelled. And he says, I'm going to go after Tyler Lockwood and I will not stop till he kills me. And that's the end of the episode. So 
let's talk through what all of this means. Number one, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but maybe you have a new thought. Why does Catherine need a werewolf? So I do actually have a new thought. I don't know exactly the logistics of whether she needs a werewolf to dispel this moonstone, but dispelling the moonstone only makes sense if there's a werewolf to like benefit from that. So I honestly think she just wants maybe all werewolves, but maybe just some werewolves to be able to turn on command so she can use them to very easily kill some vampires. If the curse is gone, they can turn whenever they want to turn. But here's the same question that we talked about when you thought John was working with all the tomb vampires to be the mayor of Mystic Falls. (laughs) The benefit Catherine gets from having werewolves on her side only lasts as long as the werewolves stay on her side. So what is Catherine offering the werewolves to benefit them so much that they would serve her even once they're free? That she gets rid of the curse for them. But then the curse is gone for six months a year. They're like, okay, well, I'm not turning anymore. And the novelty of that's worn off. What's to stop them from killing Catherine? Maybe she doesn't need them for that long. And after one round, she'll just be like, bye. So she's just going to kill them or just leave them and they're never going to find her? So she's just going to be running from werewolves for eternity? To what end? There aren't that many werewolves. Yeah, but they could still hunt her down. I mean, whether you're being hunted by 100 people or 10, you're still running from someone for eternity. And that gene line is going to pass on if any of them have kids, God forbid. It just feels like a lot of work to have the option to kill vampires, which she can do at any point anyway. You know, I, I this came to me in an epiphany and I was like, oh my God, I figured it out. Suck on this, truly black. But then I was writing it and I was like, to kill vampires whenever she wants. And I was like, wait, she already does that. Um, but I was like, well, I might as well throw it out just like in case. stakes exist. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. Somehow the motivation for Catherine is just so opaque to me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so the assumption is also, I mean, and we've only met one werewolf, so we don't really know how other werewolves react. But the assumption is that this is a curse. And if given the chance, a werewolf would never turn. Well, you have to imagine there are a number of people out there with the werewolf gene who are not werewolves because not everyone is killing someone. Yeah, people are just going around killing people. And it's not like you would have any way to know that you have the werewolf gene until you kill someone. Or until someone in your family does. So there can't be that many like active werewolves. Although I'm sure there are some families that are like, it's a rite of passage, time to kill someone and become a werewolf. We're a werewolf path. So I guess the question still remains. We don't know why Catherine wants to break the curse, but you assume that she needs a werewolf to break the curse. I assume she needs a werewolf to break the curse somehow. Or there's some reason that she would want a werewolf that can turn on demand. But then again, it requires that werewolf to be completely loyal to her, which, while it's like something that she obviously got with Mason, that's not... She can't really get that with Tyler, yeah. Well, it's not a fail-safe either, you know? Like, Mason could be loyal to her and then at some point break up with her. I mean, it's not like a completely flawless plan. Not to say that to have a plan, it has to be flawless. But Catherine's been around long enough that her plans are closer to flawless than that. But it's just unclear why she wants this curse broken, because it's not to help werewolves and she doesn't really gain anything from helping werewolves that we know of. Well, also to point out that she gave this moonstone to the Lockwood in 1864. They've had it all this time. Why can't they break the curse? Great question. What is stopping them from doing it? Obviously, Catherine can't on her own. Or maybe she can, I guess. But why would she be looking for a werewolf? So that's a question. So next question. Do you think Matt's going to die next episode? I think because Tyler is so hyper aware that if he kills someone, he becomes a werewolf. And now with Mason gone, he knows that like he's on his own with that. I think Matt would have to be very crazy to be killed. Do you think Matt's going to fail? Do you think somehow Tyler is not going to kill Matt? Yeah, I, I think Matt's going to fail at this. Even though Matt can't stop until he gets killed, he's somehow going to stop and not get killed. See, I think what's going to happen is he's going to be doing this and everyone's going to be, you know, Jeremy knows that how you turn into a werewolf is that you kill someone. They know that she doesn't have Mason. Now, they don't necessarily know she needs another werewolf, but it's not crazy to think she would. All eyes are going to be on Tyler and they're going to see Matt acting out of character. Because it's not like Matt to actively start fights. Like he might start an argument, but he's not really a fighter, mostly because he would lose. Matt could get killed before that happened. But I think because there's all those red flags people are going to be looking out for, that it's out of character for Matt. 
and that Tyler is actively not wanting to kill someone. Not that he wanted to kill Matt before, but it would have been easier to kind of stumble into it with his anger issues if he weren't aware that that was how the curse was broken. So I think all those things together make it very unlikely that Tyler will kill Matt. Now that's not to say Tyler won't kill anybody. Do you think Tyler's going to kill someone next episode? I don't think next episode, because I think we're going to be dealing with this Matt compulsion, but it's going to be a no escape. And I think Catherine will see like, okay, that didn't work with Matt, but like, I'll send someone else. Like, who cares? So do you think Tyler will be your next transition? I'll bite not to vampire, but you think Tyler's going to be a werewolf pretty soon? Did you say I'll bite? I'll bite. Yeah. Isn't it I'll be it? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's either. I've never heard someone say I'll bite. I'll bite. A-L-B-I-E-T. It's B-E-I-T. Okay. I'll be it for me. But you can also say I'll bite like I will bite. Sure. They're interchangeable. I don't know about that. Anyway, whatever. So the question is, do you think Tyler's our next main character transition? I think that's very likely. I would say I'm 97% sure. You think he's definitely going to transition into werewolf in season two, correct? Yeah, I think in season two, because this is clearly the werewolf season. If you had to put an episode number on it, what number would you put it at? I would say mid-season finale. I think given Julie Pleck, maybe the episode before mid-season finale. Okay. So somewhere in the 10 to 14 range. Great. And my final question, is Stelena really over? No. When do you think they're going to get back together? I actually think they will try to stay apart and be like friends for a while because Catherine is very scary. And Catherine did just try to kill Elena's caregiver. You know, I don't think they're going to stop seeing each other as much as that would be kind of the smart move. I think they're going to be broken up for a little bit. Not a while, a while, three episodes, maybe. How do you think they're going to be able to get back together with Catherine really being a major threat to them? It could go longer if they have to wait until Catherine's not a threat. But I think it's going to get to a point where it's like, okay, Catherine's going to fuck shit up regardless. So we might as well make out. But I mean, I'm sorry. We will be seeing Stefan and Elena dance in a masquerade ball. They are not putting their budget to a masquerade ball for those two to not slow dance there. Like, I just think they will get back together because they're going to find a way either to be like, look, Catherine's going to fuck shit up either way. So we might as well be together. Or there's going to be some more important issue that Catherine is worried about that they won't be right on her radar anymore. Because as her plan advances, it's going to get more complicated. Yeah. And now that they know more about her plan, she doesn't need to keep up this pretense that she's just here for Stefan. Yeah. I mean, I think she would like to leave with Stefan. Stefan's still a thing for her. Now she's like, okay, fine. You know, I was like dating Mason and you know that Stefan's just a side quest, whatever. You know, I want the Moonstone. But she doesn't have the Moonstone right now. She has to get it from the Salvatores somehow. So that's a whole nother Yeah, thing. so she's out a werewolf in a Moonstone. Things are rough for Miss Catherine at the moment. And the werewolf thing, she has she has a plan for, but the Moonstone is a whole nother process. I think she wants to leave here with Stefan. And what she has proven is that she can break up Elena and Stefan. Even when they get back together, that's always something that Catherine's going to be able to call to, that she can be like, well, I broke you up once, I can do it again. I just have to kill someone bigger. But that's the end of this week's episode. Next week, we do have a masquerade ball. So start getting pumped about that. As always, if you are loving this podcast and you have friends who like the Vampire Diaries or who you think would like the Vampire Diaries, suggest the show and this podcast to them. And go ahead and leave us a review on your podcast streaming platform of choice. We would love to read your kind words. And follow along with us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's all for this week. So until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. <laughs>